Mike Golick Jr. Now it seems like everyone's got their oars and is rowing in the same direction in Green Bay, and that's a dangerous thing. Breaking down everything happening on the gridiron. Using a tenth of the creativity the colleges do, I think makes a more exciting brand of football. And other important topics. You were afforded a great deal more of whatever Reese's version of peanut butter is inside that thing when you rock with the holiday shapes, and then you just get that little coating of chocolate that kind of sends you down the path of flavor town. It's Gojo on Shin, Gabe, and Chewy. In a shocking turn of events, we are talking Aaron Rodgers here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Gojo, great to have you on the show. Always appreciate your perspective, though very disappointed that you and I were not able to connect when we were both in the Queen City this past weekend. We will debate and discuss why that is at a later date. Right now, what advice would you give Aaron Rodgers on how to navigate the remainder of the situation? Because it does feel on some level like a PR crisis. He's already lost one endorser. We talked about the State Farm going from about 25% of their ads being Aaron Rodgers on Sunday to Gabe said 1.5%. How would you advise him to move forward, especially if, like we hear, he is going to go on Pat McAfee's show today? Well, I'd advise him not to do that to start. Like... This is a real less is more situation that Aaron just hasn't been able to get really from the beginning, like before this even started. Let's just talk about the offseason in general for Aaron Rodgers. Less would have been more. But instead he decided, all right, he's going to continue to go on McAfee's show and he's going to continue to draw attention to this situation. Uh, sure, that's fine. That's your choice. After this one, and it sounds like we hear all those you know weird unsourced reports that Aaron is shocked at the reception that he got from both the public and those close to him on all of this one. Aaron, I don't know where you've been for the last year, but welcome. We've been expecting you. So I would advise him not to do this and to stop talking because the one thing that's abundantly clear after this weekend is this team still very much needs him to accomplish anything of substance this year. And if he just goes and plays football really well and doesn't talk for a while – it is amazing when it comes to this issue, re Carson, Carson Wentz, re Lamar Jackson potentially not being vaccinated at the start of this season, Colt Beasley being very public with this. Like We haven't bothered any of those guys since then. They wear their masks on the sideline. They play football, some of them well, some of them not well, and we tend to leave them alone. So for Aaron to not see that blueprint is just a reminder that he truly lives in his own world right now. So, Mike, even though they lost on Sunday with Jordan Love, I thought the defense played unbelievable. With Aaron Rodgers coming back, because there were some big losses in the NFC, the Rams lost, uh, Dallas lost. With Aaron Rodgers back and the defense hopefully continuing to play as it did, are they the best team in the NFL? Uh, I don't think so. No, I I think long sample size for that defense, because, again, I want to give them points for what they did on Sunday, but I also have to remember that this is like the broken shell version of the Kansas City Chiefs that they went up against, and as much as that one throw at the end of the game kind of looked like the old Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, they don't live there right now, so I would still look like, it, despite all the uproar this weekend and the losses, on the NFC side, the picture still looks kind of the same for me, and I think Green Bay and Los Angeles, the Rams, are really in a similar spot here. I would still have the top team probably being Dallas, and I would still probably have on their best day Tampa sitting above those other two in this discussion along with Arizona. After what happened to Dallas, they were shut out for three and a half quarters, Mike. 
They were. It was all bad. And I look at it and say, as someone who is prone to look at the offensive line and prone to look at the big people, I probably still somehow have not respected Tyron Smith's importance to that team enough. Like, having to put Terrence Steele over on that side and watching what it did to Dak Prescott's comfort in the pocket was pretty jarring, despite having a lot of the guys still left from the core of that group. So I I think that was a bit of a one-off, though. Like, I'm not going to count on Dak Prescott coming back and looking that off. I'm not going to count on Kellen Moore deciding that third and one and fourth and one were great times to go deep with no plan otherwise of underneath and Dak just not having those big plays. Like, there's a little bit of that going around, whether it's the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs we've talked about ad nauseum, and in this game, Dallas, of people being way too addicted to the big plays that have come a lot easier in the last few years. Like, there is room for some of the underneath stuff here, and I think NFL defenses are starting to kind of make that shift of saying, you're going to take this because we're just going to flat out not allow anything else. Pivoting for a moment with Mike Golick Jr. to the college game, the second round of college football playoff rankings, or as our friend Chewy likes to call, the pick'em, come out tonight on ESPN. <laughs> How do you see it shaking out, Gojo? Obviously, Georgia, the clear number one. After that, I saw a list that included the monkey from Texas on the list uh, and every other pop culture cult, uh, reference that you can imagine. How do you see the next three shaking out after Georgia this week? Yeah, as much as I would love to see Gia the monkey and Pole Assassin get their right claim to the college football <laughs> throne here and really <laughs> welcome everyone to the, to the party on this, they're probably going to be on the outside looking in maybe like the six or seven spot there in front of Cincinnati. But uh, I, I would say <laughs> I think that everyone's just going to move up. Like, as chaotic as this weekend felt, it was so chaotic for everyone across the board damn near that outside of Michigan State dropping down some. I'll be curious to see, and I would hope that Cincinnati, just by nature of staying undefeated, can get the vault over Michigan State. But based on last week's rankings, I am not totally hopeful that that's going to happen. So I think Ohio State's going to move up in that group. I think Alabama and Georgia are going to stay untouched, even though the tide looked very disinterested this weekend also. And I think Oregon's going to hold Pat in that top four, bumping up to that three spot. So I I think we're going to get what largely resembles chalk movement there, but how they sort Cincinnati, how they sort Michigan State, and how they, weirdly enough, start to sort the other teams at the bottom of this top ten, like Notre Dame and Michigan, is going to be really interesting down the stretch. Mike, why is Nebraska sticking with Scott Frost? I mean, four years, 15 and 27. What are they doing? This might be a situation where they look around and say, who else are we going to get? And also one where they look at the season and say, man, you know what? They're not wins. And I know Nebraska is certainly not a moral victory place. But, man, you have been in it every step of the way here. You have pushed a lot of these teams to the brink and been in damn near every game. The thing I'd say that continues to be the biggest indictment for me and Scott Frost is what you're still doing at quarterback this far into his tenure. Like the fact that Scott Frost – coming from what he did at UCF and knowing his background, hasn't been able to recruit a better quarterback for this offense, an offense that we see run competently in some versions. I mean, better in Coastal Carolina. The fact that Grayson McCall lives at Coastal and is running a version of that offense better than what they've got going on at Nebraska is a wild indictment of Scott Frost and of this program right now. But I think they understand and look around the college football landscape and also see – Making decisions too soon can sometimes cost you. 
And Nebraska is looking around at the rest of their conference right now and saying, all right, we see some regression from the groups up top here. we got to hold steady and try and you know, weather the storm on this early going here. Do I think it's going to work out necessarily? No, but in a day and age where we move on so quick, especially at the college ranks here, there's part of me that says, okay, this is a bit of a refreshing tactic. All right, go Joe. Now that we've gotten all the silly stuff out of the way, it is time to dive into really the the serious stuff that I want to get with you because today is a national holiday. It is National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day. Uh, a great day to be celebrated by all. So a two-part question for you here, my friend. One, where does the chick- fried chicken sandwich rank on the pantheon of sandwiches overall? And two, where can you get the best fried chicken sandwich? Yeah, uh, the fried chicken sandwich on the pantheon of sandwiches overall. I'm going to say that's got to be at least a top five sandwich. Like, it's certainly up there. And off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of what else might qualify here. Like, you know, if you count a burger as a sandwich, I guess I'm going to throw that up over the top of that one. It meets all the requirements, so that's probably in there. Peanut butter and jelly, just for the nostalgia, is probably going to be up there as well. But Plus, I mean, science tells you that PB&J helps you live 36 minutes longer. Listen, then what more do we need in all that? Now, the best fried <laughs> chicken sandwich, I feel like this is a really popular conversation. Sometime in the last year or two, it all blends together. But as far as fast food fried chicken sandwiches, I am going to go with the one that we got at Popeye's this last year. Like, I know that I... was the run that we all made here, but there is substantial girth to that thing. It is well-fried, evenly breaded, all the things that you're looking for here. I just think top to bottom, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Like, that is a big-time sandwich. And so I'm going to go with Popeye's on that one. I know a lot of people are going to come through with Chick-fil-A and all this highfalutin answers. I get it, but call me old-fashioned. I want the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I want it now. All right, with that being said, Gojo, I don't know if it's a sponsor of yours, but is Chick-fil-A overrated? And I'm a huge yes. I sorry, I'm just them. I don't understand the sitting forty cars in line to get their chicken sandwich when you got Popeyes and Wendy's that are even better. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I completely agree. Yeah, Chick Fil A to me is like the In and Out Burger of fast food chicken places. Where it is oh boy, good. And regionally, when I'm in the area, do I like to partake? Sure. But is it also vastly overrated? Like, yes, the hype has far outpaced the substance in both of these instances. That doesn't mean I don't like them. I just don't like what people try and do to them. They're not. They're doing too much, man. I'm with you. And their help is outstanding. The way they rifle you through, it's great. But it's just, it's, it's not there. It's not yeah, there. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I just love it when Gojo comes on and speaks the truth, not only about Chick-fil-A, but about In-N-Out. Because, yeah, the, the In-N-Out, the, yeah, it's, yeah. All Although right, it's Gojo, fine, while it's we're nice, talking about fine. food, I got another one for you that me and Ashton, our producer, had it out with Gabe. Is breakfast overrated? I am a huge yes in Ashy. Oh, breakfast is the most overrated meal to ever exist on the face of the planet. Gabe? It's the most important meal of the day, Gojo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you anti-breakfast people are maniacs. What are we? What are we talking about here? What's breakfast good for? One of my favorite things in the world is breakfast for dinner. Oh, when we used reach. to have a training table in college, no. and all of a sudden bust out the waffle station at dinner. Oh, I'm singing. I'm dancing. I'm shouting it from the mountaintops here. Jen, you break the tie. Omelet station after six p.m. Good night. Well, I, actually, I wanna, Jen, break the tie. I, I don't. No offense to Jen, but I want to ask Gojo a more important question, which is. 
When you, I want to talk about lunch for a second, which is my favorite meal of the day. Wait, you're standing. You're so upset. I want to breakfast take. You are now standing, Ashton. I just want to talk about lunch. Lunch. Everyone associates sandwiches with lunch, right? Everyone can agree with that. Sandwiches, yeah. which are the greatest food known to man, which of course happen at lunch, the greatest meal known to man. You can have a sandwich at any point of the day, and you can do whatever delivery system you want. But sandwiches start with lunch, which was ergo why lunch is number one. Ashton, no, uh, have you you're never had a good breakfast? There. Have you had never had a good breakfast sandwich? Of course I have, but sandwiches start with lunch. Wait, what are you talking about? They start with lunch. I can have a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich to start my day right <laughs> but, now. But that's also the cheese sandwich. sandwich. The sandwich derived from lunch. No, it's derived from breakfast. It's literally made of breakfast. Yeah, you're wrong, Ashton. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, it's, like, it's made of breakfast foods. They came first. In the chicken of the egg argument of meals. Why did it, you have... it wins out in every way. Why did you have to push it? We had it at breakfast, and then you throw <laughs> garbage lunch in there, which is, which is, oh, terrible. Yeah, I was say, lunch, lunch is just small dinner. Yes, like, it doesn't do anything different than dinner, except usually be less of it. And it kills time. It's like, ah, shoot, I got nothing to do. I might as well get lunch. You guys are a bunch right. of heathens. It's a flex meal. Heathens. <laughs> <laughs> Go to, we always appreciate the time and the very good insight into breakfast foods. Uh, breakfast forever, guys. Thanks.